Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Lifetime Value. I'm your host, Rithik. Today, for our second mystery guest, I'm extremely excited to have one of Mexico's topmost comedians, Daniel Sosa. Daniel has been around Mexico's comedy scene for the past few years, and in a very short period of time, he's amassed two Netflix specials, around 660,000 followers on Instagram, almost 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, and acted in several comedy shows, including LOL on Amazon Prime, on Comedy Central, as well as given a TEDx talk as well. All of this before the age of 26. More importantly, Daniel has been part of a group of comedians who have disrupted the perception of stand-up comedy in Mexico. And given the hope of stand-up comedy being a viable career to millions, today he's here to share his journey into comedy, as well as share insights into the business of comedy. Like, how do you get a Netflix special? What are the roles of a management company, for example? So without further ado, please help me welcome Daniel. Yes! Thanks for all those applauses. I love it. <laughs> Hi, brother. How are you? Good, bro. Really good to have you on the podcast. And thank you so much for taking time out. That was quite an introduction. I mean, yes, <laughs> we've, we've known each other for a while. But then when I read it, I was like, oh my God, he's done all of this before the age of 26. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was 26, I think I was still in my diapers probably when I was 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I mean it, it's it's kind of rough because I I'm started very young with this thing of comedy. I, I started at eight, eighteen years old. Wow. Well, why don't you start us off by giving us an introduction of how you got into comedy and how we met each other? Okay. Uh, first of all, I, I want to say sorry because I have no good, very good English because you know oh. I'm Mexican, but not just um, not just Mexican. I'm a poor Mexican. So no. <laughs> when you're a poor Mexican, you have a lot of, of, of things that you you didn't have like education. So I need to <laughs> to apologize first of all. And no. then, uh, well, I'm starting this uh, this thing of comedy at 18 years old because I I saw a friend that calls Ricardo Farrell, another comedian here in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he was doing stand up in Comedy Central. So when I realized that in Mexico City. We have common comedians that, that make stand-up in my head. It was like, what? I, here in my country, I can do stand-up comedy? So I made my research and I found that there's a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. because they, they're not really teachers, of comedy. That The only thing that they do is like like read the Comedy Bible by, by Judy Carter. And a lot of comedy schools. But uh, in the start, man, it was so hard because nobody in Mexico know anything about stand-up comedy. Because in here in Mexico, we have the, like the traditional comics, like uh, one-liner comics. Yeah. Uh, Teo Gonzalez, uh, Jorge Falcón, all, the, all those guys make just one-liner jokes. And here in Mexico, we have no idea what the hell was a stand-up. So yeah. I was the third generation, yeah, the third generation of stand-up comedians here in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it was very hard for me and partners. And, and suddenly the, the guys of Comedy Central put attention here in Mexico, start doing shows. Do you remember Vine? Yes. Vine changed everything because Vine was like uh, very fast and very catchy and all the comedians finds a place that like we can express uh, our jokes in in a, in, a, in a few times. When Brian came to to come to Mexico, the famous guys start doing stand up comedy too. So it was like a like a magic combination, and that's why the stand up starts to have have more like a more presence. Or, yeah, or like more pre- more presence, but 
but the, but the, all the brands start to look at uh, us right. yes. and, all, and, the, and the traditional media like the television and radio start to look at us and, oh, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. it was very cool, man. Very, very interesting. And to kind of add on, I met you around the time where I kind of felt like there was this big change in comedy itself. Like we, we all went to Woko. That was like the, the wow, yes. place. And that's how I got my start in comedy here because I randomly texted them on Facebook like, hey, I want to perform comedy. And they're like, yeah, come down. We don't care what language. And at that point in time, it was just you walk in and you can perform. But then Woko has become such a hub now. You need to get on a list to get on a list in order to get in on the show now. That, that's insane. Yeah. And we met each other because you were in, on the, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of people around Woko on a Tuesday. And then they were like, oh man, hey, this guy, Daniel Sosa is around. I was like, who? Because <laughs> I had not been part of the- Daniel <laughs> who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I hadn't been part of the, the, the community big enough. And then like when I saw you on stage, it was like, you know, everybody was laughing. It was just like an aura. And I was supposed to go right after you. They were like, yeah, let's put that. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> English speaking, not even Spanish speaking guy after one of the biggest comedians just for a laugh. Fortunately, because you were so funny, it spilled onto my act. So they didn't know what I was saying, but they were like, yeah, it's funny. So, <laughs> and then we started chit-chatting with each other and, and that's how we met each other. Nice to see you at the walk for the people that knows uh, the comedy store. Mm. Here in Mexico, we didn't have that. So Woko is the, the most close that we have, like the comedy store. Mm. And when I saw you, I, I think that it's a funny guy. And I, I don't give a fuck if I am Daniel Sosa or I, I mean, you're a funny guy. And for me, it was good because it represents like, wow, maybe here in Mexico, we can have a comedian of another language. And I, if I can help him, well, I'm going to do because I, I love the comedy and I love comedians. I love all the, all the industry. Absolutely. And for our listeners, once you sort of managed or, or impressed somebody at Woko, you get to go to the next step, which is Can Can. Yeah, uh, well, like the rough ways. It's where the, the you got to be invited to perform there and only because of daniel i had a chance to perform there it was so much fun so so thank you for that as wow. well <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us what drew you to comedy i i'm a so insecure kid so when i was younger i i have a lot of things that happened in my life like my mom left me at when i was seven years old mm -hmm. she, she left me and and my dad raised me with with my grandfathers mm -hmm. and the thing was that, that that when i grew up my my armor but was the comedy I, when i want to be accepted in, in some groups or, or when i try to speak like uh, to a girl the comedy was my my best friend so i grew mm -hmm. up with the comedy within my hand and when i was uh, older i realized that i can do this for a living so uh, it was like i think that I didn't find the comedy, the comedy finds me because for me, it's everything right now with, with the pandemic thing and, and all the quarantine, I, I lost all the shows, the, all the, the tour. So the, the comedy is still here, but in a different way. So I need to reinvent the ways that we make comedy. I was telling to you that I, I'm going to make a stand-up show in, with, in Auto Cinema, like a show with cars. Mm -hmm. Like if I was the Ryan McQueen and gonna be, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but for me, it was um, it was so hard, bro, because the comedy saved me. Yeah. Uh, uh, the comedy saved my life because 
without comedy, I can do catharsis and I, and, and I can't express my ideas or my feelings because I have a lot of issues in my mind. So the comedy is like kind of a lubricant for yeah. the truth. Yeah. So for me, was the, the comedy was, was doesn't work. And when I start doing this in, in a professional way, I realized that there's a lot of things that you then, you have no idea that you, you need to do, like prepare you, like, like take a lot of class, uh, class mm-hmm. with, uh, with teachers that it's a business that you need to see like a, like a brand mm-hmm. and, and the people, there's a lot of, of things that, that the comedians that are starting in this industry didn't realize like, wait a minute. So you need to think like if you're a brand, but where's your, your comic ideas and your values. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's complicated because you need to understand that you're a comic and you need to, to work in an industry that already works with, without you. So you need to adapt to it and, you need to understand that you're not you're not gonna be a famous comedian. You, you you need to be a professional comedian. I believe that the comedy special changed my life, mm-hmm. and yes, but no, because in in the states it works like that. Because in, in the United States, when you have a comedy special in on Netflix, it's more easy that you have a a, a movie or a series. Mm-hmm. Here in Mexico, no, because no, there's not a lot of people that think in the future. So. When you have a comment, the special on Netflix, you're just like, oh, well, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm started with another friend, Casa Comedy. That Casa Comedy is like a group of, of comedians and, and, and a few people that understand the industry mm-hmm. to make a, like a path more, more, more clear for the comedians because it's necessary. I mean, I think that here in Mexico, there's a lot of, of, of talent people, but mm-hmm. not, with, not with the necessary clearance of his career. Or like the support even yeah 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 so very good I point think that we can change yeah absolutely so yeah that, that brings me to exactly my next question you know what is casa comedy and why does a comedian the help of a management company i was um, with the first netflix special yes uh, i i made my special and then i started well now what i do another tour with sold outs everywhere and then what and then I, I, I end the tour with another special and then I do another tour and this is going to be the rest of my life. And I start thinking, well, what happened if I want to be uh, an actor, a comedy actor? What happened if I want to be an, a writer, a TV writer? Or if I want to have a show, what happened? What, what I need to do? And I understand that I, I'm gonna, I need to prepare me. I need to, to have some courses or I need to meet a, a new teacher. I don't know. And and then a, a lot of brands start to see me like a like a serious guy. Like, oh, if you're on Netflix, on Netflix, you're, now you're a serious. I need to start to think. Well, it's good if I work with these kind of brands, mm-hmm. or I need to start working with these other kind of brands. I, I don't know. And there's a there's a friend of mine that calls Marco Pina. That Marco Pina was a commercial director and Cesa, a huge enterprise here in Mexico, like mm-hmm. our live nation. Mm-hmm. And he knows everything about the business and everything about the Mars and, and, and how to build a career of the musicians. And mm-hmm. here in Mexico, we have a lot of comparative with the musicians and the comedians. Mm-hmm. And Marco understand that. Marco says, that, okay, I, I know that you're different like a musician because the musician first made the, the record and then he going on tour and the people need to learn all the songs of that record. Mm-hmm. Here in, in the comics, it's just an, the other way. It's, you, you need to make a special, and when you get on tour, 
you need to say another jokes because the people yeah. didn't want to hear the same jokes. Yeah. So um, he understand that. And he understand that the, being a stand-up comic, it's very different to be a one-liner comic because you have an opinion, you have uh, things to say, and the people want to hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of responsibility. So it's complicated to work with any brand that you want. It's, you need to pick the brands with a lot of caution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because because if you are a comedian that make the th- you're going you're doing the things right, and suddenly you pick a wrong brand. Yeah, career is gonna be like weird. Or if you pick a wrong show, or you pick a wrong decision, all your career, your career is gonna be fucked up. So when we, when I, when when I and Marco realized that we need that guide, we need we need uh, like a kind of guidance in this industry. We decided with another guy called Alex Diaz to make a, a Casa Comedy, mm-hmm. and it, it works. Because Casa Comedy started with Alex Diaz and Paco Widobro. Paco Widobro is the lead guitar in a group here in Mexico called Fobia. Okay. And Paco Widobro and Alex Diaz start talking about, hey, what happened if you, if you have like a station on Vive Latino that here in Mexico is a huge festival of music? Mm-hmm. And what happened if we have a, a stage over there, but just for comedy and just for comedians? And that was the first time that the logo of Casa Comedy and the name Casa Comedy was heard. And mm-hmm. it works. The people in the Villa Latino went to see the comedians and yep. it was a very good show. And then we, we pick up the ideas and say, oh, well, what happened if we made Casa Comedy and, and pick a lot of comedians and start to guide in his career and, she, and her career. And it works for everybody. The thing is that if you start doing comedy here in Mexico, you need to understand that the first thing that you need to know is that you need to work every day for being a professional comedian. Every day yes. you need to work. Every day you need to understand another book or, or understand another kind of, 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 of jokes. You, you can't just be funny. So true. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Now, let's move to the, the question probably everybody wants the answer to. How does one get a Netflix special? What happens? <laughs> <laughs> what happens? And can you tell us like the, the moment that you got the email to the recording, the fee structure, yeah. I mean, whatever you're able to share? In 2015, I, Ricardo Farrell, the guy that, I've, that I saw mm-hmm. the first time doing stand-up here in Mexico, he's going to record his first comedy special on Netflix. And he told me, hey, do you want to be my opener? Do you want to be my supporting act? And I was like, of course I want. What the hell are you saying about? And when I was in the um, fitting room with Ricardo, we started to talk like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm me too. Uh, da, da, da. And, and you feel the vibe like this is a special show. You know, you know that this is a special show. Yeah, and when I jump on the stage and I start to say, "Hey, hi, hello, everybody! I'm Daniel Sos," and and everybody's still laughing at me, and the shows go go well, I realize that I I'm, I was doing a very good show in front of very important people, mm. but I just realized that when I was finishing my show, so yeah. I, I was like, "Okay, I do, I do my best, and that's not my show anymore." And then the people of Netflix told to Raul Campos, the director in these specials, uh, of the specials, that, hey, can you talk to Daniel and ask him if he wants to do his shows, his yeah. show for Netflix? So Raul Campos didn't tell me. He, he went to my show that he in Mexico in La Condesa in a place called Bataclan. And I saw him and I was like, oh, hi. I mean, yeah, I know perfectly what the hell are you doing here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. You're putting me nervous right now. So yeah. I'm thinking a lot of things. Oh, my God. And so I started doing my show and I forget him and then start doing my jokes and talk to the people. 
And, and, and at the end of the show, he, he sent me a message like, oh, you could make well. Congrats, you're a great comedian, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And a week, a week later, I, re- I received a call of, of Raul. Hey, can you come with me to have a, di- a dinner in this place called Bonito? So I, yeah. at that point, I've been like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have two options. Oh, I can uh-huh. have an exit specials. Oh, he wants to fuck me. I don't know. What <laughs> I do, but it's very, oh, I don't know. So when I went to that place, he starts the conversation uh, telling me like, well, the other day I was seeing, uh, well, I, w- I went to the show and the people of Netflix want to tell you that if you, oh, I don't know, you oh my God, just, just say it, just say it. <laughs> and yeah, just, he said, I want to see if you can you do your uh, Netflix special if you want, maybe if you want. If you don't want, you can, oh my God, of course I want. <laughs> and what's the next step? And then yeah, they uh, contact me and say, well, Here's the deal. We're gonna pay you for your show, like like if your show is like a like a product. Okay. So I'm gonna. I mean, if this one's my show, I got, they give me money and I give you my show, and that now it's your show, not mine. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you money, and that was was like uh, like cien mil pesos, like. Okay. Five thousand dollars approximately, más o menos. Yeah. Yeah. Más o menos five thousand. Yeah. And. Well, I mean, I was young and I have no a lot of money. Like, oh my God, I felt like I just a lot yeah. of money. And the point is that when when I accept that deal and I, they they put everything, all the production is by the by the Netflix and, and they they pay the production to uh, to the um, where in Mexico works like that. Mex- okay. Netflix decides to make your show, and there's two two ways. Uh, the first one is. You made your stuff and, and with your things and your cameras with all the, 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 the things that Netflix needs to put on his, his platforms. Mm-hmm. And then Netflix saw your product and said, oh, well, it, it's good. Let me, I, I, I give you money and then now it's my product and yeah. But it's not a Netflix original. When it's a Netflix original, Netflix uh-huh. do everything. And I, I decided to do my show in Poliforum Siqueiros. It's a... Uh, it's a painting of a, a Mexican artist, uh-huh. and I decided to do that, to do it there, because it it was a, the first stand-up doing inside of uh, inside a painting, the Mar- La Marcha de la Humanidad, coast. Uh-huh. But it was a, a huge mistake because the acoustic and uh, a lot of a lot of troubles with the audio, okay. and then then I need I need to be there at seven o'clock of the morning, a.m. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and we record at nine o'clock p.m. So no the way. thing is that I, I, I went I, I went to make a sound check, uh, uh-huh. prove my all my, my clothes and check the lights and to, to be, uh, tell my routine because the, the techniques need to, to know where the camps we're gonna go. Uh-huh. And then at, at the nine o'clock is like the, the, the big show, no? In that yeah. show, uh, Alex Fernandez and Carlos Vallarta opened my show. They were yeah. my supporting act. And I wasn't so nervous when when I when I start doing my show, I recorded in November and it goes out and on February. So okay, there's it's been a lot of time. And when I saw the result, I, I said, "Oh my God, I screw it! I, I am I'm stupid. What the hell I just no, did?" Uh, yeah, because when you were when you're a comedian, when you see you at when you saw at you, 
doing the, the comedy like what what the hell i'm doing oh my god i'm the worst comedian in the world and it works the, the special works my my tour was sold out uh another kind of brand start to talk with me like mm-hmm. like the knob and we make a, like a, a huge campaign here in the country and and then in, at that point i realized that netflix is like uh like your graduation the point of your career that you have the tools to make a great career, but this is not your career. It's just mm-hmm. a start and you're, uh, you decide what you do with your, with your life. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And, and yeah. I could feel the tension that probably you were going <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Very well said. Now you're in a very privileged position of having two Netflix specials. Yes. What was the and difference the two- between the first and the second? Well, a lot of difference. The first one, yeah. uh, Netflix called me, and then um, when Netflix do a lot of specials, they decide to, you know what, we're not gonna make more comedy special in Mexico and Latin America. And everybody was like, why? Because and Netflix says the the numbers and yeah. there's not a culture, uh, you know. So the comedy specials was like like stop. Okay. So when I decide to make a new special. I talk with my managers of Casa Comedy and Alex Diaz and Marco Pina. So I say I need that because I need to put another statement that that I, that I am growing up. I mean, the first special, it's very silly and, and with all the reference of, of, of Mexican culture. Yeah. And when I make the second one, that obviously it's it's, it's very it has a lot of reference of Mexican culture. I try to speak more about the education, about mm-hmm. the importance of of trying to be a conscious guy. So for me, it was that, at that point, it was important to have a second special. Okay. So the thing that we do is like we we made it at Tato Metropolitan. That was a, it's a, here yeah. in Mexico. It's a, a place for three hundred people, and we record with all the things that Netflix needs to be in his platform. Mm-hmm. And we we went to LA and say, well, that you didn't want to make no more specials, but mm-hmm. here's my special. What do you think about? Can can we make these things together? And Netflix decided, yeah, I we saw your special. Yes, let's make again specials, but with yours, you, with your team, with wow. you you guys. So for me, it was very special because it's not only my special because yeah. because my special there's like the Alex Fernandez and and another comedians here in Mexico. And that's that's the thing that I love. That I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the, the famous comedian. I want to be the, mm-hmm. the comedian that helps the industry, and and, and the, the people remind me like that. So the second one is, has a lot of of, of personal effort and my team mm-hmm. too, and it's it's very cool. And I mean, when when I put on Netflix, I I, I can remember the smells. <laughs> I, I can remember everything. I I gotta tell you something funny. When Sofia Nino Rivera, another great comedian here in Mexico, yeah. makes his first Metropolitan, I was a supporting act. And in the sound check, I went to to the the highest point of Metropolitan mm-hmm. with Marco Piña, and we well, I started to looking at the stage, and I say, Marco, can you imagine the day that I can make a sold out here? Yeah. And Marco told me that, bro, you, you're gonna make it the next year, and I said, well what the hell are you talking about this place is huge i can never and the next year i was doing my sold out in metropolitan recording for netflix with sofia nino with my supporting act franco escamilla with my being my supporting act too yeah and i was like what the hell happened so (laughs) there's a lot of things that i what i love that special The, the most important is that because of that 
another comedians could have their own mm -hmm. special. That is amazing. I was actually at that second special. That was, it was amazing. Cause I was like, yeah, I know this guy. He's chill. He hangs out. And, and then I'm like, wow, he's performing in front of like millions of people. Like it felt like, <laughs> like so many people were there. Like I'm pretty sure the capacity was more than a hundred percent. Cause some people yes. were like, had like people like sitting on their laps for the whole show. Like it was definitely a bit of, and it was, I, I couldn't believe that this was just the guy that I was having beers with a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was, yes. it was, and that for me was like, like you said, you know, it gave hope to a lot of people who were, who were starting out and were like, I can do that too. That, that's amazing. Yes. Probably the next question I have is about like the, the future. Now with, with the pandemic and all the public areas being closed, you mentioned like you have to reinvent yourself and, and comedy itself is changing. What are your thoughts? Like, what do you think is going to happen to comedy with, in the next couple of years or something? When, here in Mexico, we need to start again everything because the people need to start going again to the, um, to the bars. The mm. theater is going to be so difficult because I, I have a lot of, I'm afraid because the, the people, I don't know if, if, if they will go in again in the stand-up comedy show with the same confidence that mm. we have uh, before these this pandemic things. Mm -hmm. uh, because when, before you can laugh and, and yell and, and, you know, with a lot of confidence. And right mm -hmm. now it's like, oh my God, he's laughing so hard and he's spreading his saliva. My God, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. For me, the, the thing that I need to be prepared is that I don't know for, for what, but I need to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, I need to, right now I'm writing a, a series with, with, a, with, a, with a friend of mine to, for Netflix. And I, I'm, I am doing a lot of things more like a, like a, like a writer. Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy because stand-up comic because obviously we, we have the shows mm -hmm. and we need to reborn the comedy here because i mean we have a lot of of programs that works right now like like Cotarisa and like like fresco that it's two two podcasts the of, of comedians making fun that i am I'm, I'm a huge fan mm -hmm. and there's my they are friends of mine but i mean if, if here in mexico want to make professional comedians and and once that the comedy grow up again we yeah. need to prepare a lot we need to prepare a lot to try to to adapt the the, the old stuff that we know to the new ones to the social media to the i don't know maybe we can we can reinvent the television i mean there's yeah. not there's not so far Maybe we can make the people suck in the television. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of things and there's a lot of possibilities. But the thing that I'm pretty sure is that I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to be prepared of the, of, for everything. And here in Mexico, we have a lot of people that have the same thoughts and they are reading a lot. They are having master classes for, on the internet. Mm -hmm. So maybe the stand-up shows is going to start like um, only in bars. I yeah. mean... Only in clubs, only in, I don't know if we can make a, a stand-up show in the theater because it's complicated because of the money and the people that works over there. Yeah. But maybe in bars, I don't know, maybe uh, like Dave Chappelle doing like in... Like, like a, a drive-in type, yeah, yes. exactly. Or yeah. Uh, at the, at, with the, without the... Exactly. We, and the thing that the, the people in, on Instagram tell me, why you just don't make a show and stream the show? 
And I mean, like, it's not the same because I need the feedback of the people. Yeah. I need to feel the laughs. I need to feel the vibe. I, I, it's yes. complicated to explain in, 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 in techniques, but yeah. uh, I, when you have a lot of, when you, when you have people that it's spread, like mm-hmm. two of here and another two here, but with a lot of distance, the, it feels, for the comedian, feels like empty, like, like the... Yes. Yes, that's 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 why the comedians when when we have a show that it's not full that it's not that was not sold out, mm-hmm. we 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 told it to our managers put all the people that it's uh, at the back at, at the front, yeah because I need we need to see to feel the people that it like friends like a family like like a group yes and that's the real trouble with the new kind of of stand up shows, so I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know what's gonna do, we're gonna do but. The, the thing that I'm only know is that we we need to be prepared. Very good point. That, that's yeah. could have said it better. Well, moving on to the next part, payback period, where the guest has a question for the host. Daniel, okay. do you want to go ahead? <laughs> I, I have a real question for you. When you start, uh, well, you, you see a lot of comedy of, of comics here in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. You you see a, a Ricardo Farid. You, you yes. Well. Sophia, how, Ricardo, uh-huh. Sophia, Ricardo, how you understand the, the the things that we say? Yeah, because we, we, we have a I mean the Mexicans we have a very specific way to sell the things. Yes, and the stories. How okay. you can understand? Because I'm pretty sure that the, the people that is listening to this podcast like what the hell does he this guy is telling? Yeah. I mean, how you understand that? Very good question. I I mean, initially I didn't because I was just so not in, even though like, yeah, I could maybe understand Spanish, etc. But it was so different because of the Mexicanisms that you guys throw. So I kind of felt like after asking my friends, understanding a few things, a lot of times speaking with your Uber driver really helps okay. <laughs> as well. <laughs> so like slowly, but surely once you start connecting the dots, then you're like, okay, I get it. And fascinatingly, Indian culture and Mexican culture are very close together. Oh, okay, like really? there's a lot of similarities. Like the moms are always like, like I know that Ofaril had this joke about the aunt always having some medicine whenever he's yeah. sick and she makes it at home, etc. That's the same thing that all the Indian aunties do as well. <laughs> so I was like, I could completely connect with that. So there's a lot of things in common. And I felt like this, it allowed me to connect the dots much faster. And then once I kind of started knowing you guys personally and seeing that a lot of comedians have very similar sort of thoughts that allowed me to, okay, get more and more into it. I still struggle sometimes when it's really like next level where you have to find the meaning within the meaning within the meaning. But I think like, at least for the first couple, like if we're talking inception, but Mexican jokes, <laughs> I think I can go two levels in the, in the dream <laughs> without any problem. It, which also led me to go like, hey, you know what? I don't think Mexicans realize that they have that many Mexicanisms. So I started making jokes <laughs> about Mexicans not knowing that they, that they actually have that. And for an outsider, it's like, uh, what are you talking about? That kind of thing. So it, it helped me a lot. And to be honest, that's the real Mexico for me. Okay. Yeah, you okay. know, it, it's one thing to enjoy the culture and the food, but to really connect with the population, you, maybe, you have to do. Yeah. Maybe we can do a, a sketch, like exactly. uh, you you pointing at me, my Mexicanisms, like <laughs> you understand what the hell you're saying? <laughs> yeah, 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 no? yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
that that that's that, that's kind of like what my uh, at least within Mexico my comedy is about is pointing out that as a confused foreigner you guys have a lot of things that perhaps you don't know but then you <laughs> you know you actually kind of you you guys assume we'll get it but we we actually don't <laughs> <laughs> So, so this has allowed me to connect with the audience as well, because then they walk over like, "Well, yeah, that was funny, but wait, hold on." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great, great question. Well, Daniel, before we wrap up, do you have any advice for comedians entering? the comedy industry now at least yeah i mean not not just for the comedians for everybody i think that we are living uh, troubled times right now we have yeah. a lot of struggle but it's not the end i mean from my experience I, i've been i I've going through a lot of not very nice things in my life so mm -hmm. i can tell you that at some point we're gonna have a chance to make the things right just mm -hmm. put attention and make the things right yeah. you 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 maybe start thinking, oh, I have a job or I lose my job or I don't have money or and maybe it's so through and maybe it's real, but don't, don't stuck at that point. Maybe yeah. you have a lot of opportunity to, to start thinking, well, what's next? What, what happened if I can do my dream right now? What happened if this is the kickoff for a new idea or, mm -hmm. uh, or, or I can reinvent my business? I don't know. Maybe we, maybe just hold on a second and think that you are very smart people trust in your in yourself, trust in your abilities, trust in your education mm -hmm. and put your hands at work and, and make your the future, the, the future that you want. Mm -hmm. It's complicated to say it when you're listening this thing at uh, the podcast and you're not living the real situation, but hold on a second and look at you. Find, I mean, find a, a picture of yourself when you have six years old, look at that yeah. picture and say to that kid, what are you gonna do to get out of this situation? Yeah. And I guess that maybe that's a push that you need. Very well said. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Daniel. This is such a pleasure as always. You always reinvigorate my passion for comedy and, and your philosophy is so amazing. Our, our listeners can find you on Instagram, Daniel Sosa Sofado. Thank you again yes. so much. And I hope to speak to you again soon. Yeah, and, and if anyone, any, anybody here wants to send me a message on Instagram, with all the confidence i'm here for you yes. and sorry about my english but uh no, no. that's who i am that's who i am <laughs> and i have a i can be handsome and i'm perfect <laughs> that's that's the trouble <laughs> thank you so much again you thanks you ritika i appreciate it a lot